0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels. I'm Scott Orr. Thank you so much for listening, and and if you haven't already, please do subscribe. Today we're talking with Manny of Citrus uh, City Records. Citrus City Records um, are based out of Virginia, and a really cool label, and uh, I'm excited to have a chat with Manny. But first, let's talk about how you, the listener, can get 10% off this great ebook from Work Hard Playlist Hard. Um, I want to tell you our label, other songs has experienced some recent, um, micro success with Spotify playlists. And I've said in the past that, that playlisting has become a focus for our label because it's something that I've noticed can, can, um, expose you to a new audience as well as, as generate some, uh, some modest, consistent income for the label and for the artist, um, and, and the success we've had recently has, has, has been due in part to two things. Number one, uh, this new feature that, play, um, that Spotify has announced a couple weeks ago where you can actually pitch your music directly to their editorial staff, as well as uh, an interesting feature that if you, if you give them a, at least a week or two lead time on a single or an album, they will um, include one of your songs or your new song into um, the release radar... Playlist of your followers, all of them, and that's an incredible thing. And the the other um, uh, contributor to some of our our success has been this ebook that I'm I'm talking to you about from from this third party curator. Work hard, playlist hard, and and uh, and Mike, the guy there, is is a genius when it comes to um, playlisting, and he's compiled a lot of his research and and information and facts. The book is ten bucks. You get an extra dollar off if you go to ebook dot other record labels dot com, and use the coupon code other. It really helps us out, and uh, and I think you're really going to like this book. Um, the so okay, you said so Orange County, Virginia. Yeah. And is that like where did Citrus City come from? That name, like what what does that mean?
1: Oh, so um, so pretty much, um, I was in. My freshman year of community college at the time, okay, and um, pretty much I've had this sort of idea of wanting to like start my own little label or just like do something. Since I was a um, music journalist before that, I was writing for this uh, site called Indie Current, and um, okay, those were like my aspirations, I guess. Um, I like did four years of journalism in high school was like the entertainment editor and you know was doing a lot of print journalism and online journalism and um so yeah I was writing for this music blog fresh out of like high school and um yeah in community college I just kind of was getting bored with that and I didn't know if I wanted to still do journalism um but yeah I, I uh I met someone in community college my uh label partner Renee Franco and um we just kind of um, I don't know kick things off uh it's uh we both i'm we both come from like a latin american background i'm from guatemala and um they are from el salvador Mm -hmm. so um just seeing someone that likes uh quote-unquote indie music or guitar like bass music like that is really like hard to come by just because it's like i don't know pretty much a stereotype that I guess sometimes this sort of music is just white people music, I (laughs) guess.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah, but um, we just met because they were wearing a a Waves shirt. Okay. uh, I ironically was at that show a few days ago, and then they were too. So we just kicked things off. But um, yeah, we just were hanging out, always going to shows a lot, always just exchanging music with each other. And then I just kind of brought up the idea, like I really have wanted to start like like a label like let have had this idea and then they're like well i'll like be down to like help you and join and so i guess during that whole like year span of like school we just kept like thinking what like what we wanted to do and what really like our passions lied in regards to like all this mm-hmm. and um i guess what we wanted to was foster like a community and just like a roster of artists that at the time we really like we're both really like friendly cheerful people and we just thought like okay we want something to like transmit that and just sort of like positive like you know upbeat music and um i don't know we just kind of were like well citrus is really like you know um something bright upbeat you know um and then we just, at first, we were going to call it Citrus Recordings. And mm-hmm. then we saw that there was already, like, a Citrus Recordings based in, like, Florida. Okay. So um, we just kind of, my, uh, Renee was just like, well, let's add city at the end since it's, like, you know, the city of Citrus. Like, this is, like, a hub of, like, this sort of, like, upbeat, positive, like, music. So I guess that's where oh, Citrus that's City sort of came. And, like, that's what it kind of, like, encompassed
0: so you said it's like indie guitar music, but is that is that kind of like a a consistent thread throughout all of your releases? Have you kind of and would you say like most of them have been kind of upbeat and a little bit more cheerful or?
1: Um so pretty much from like the beginning origins we didn't like we like i love indie music and i love anything in the realms of that but mm-hmm. um i've always had different other interests in music like i love hip-hop um like jazz uh anything sort of folk or anything just so that is not indie music yeah and we um like when we started we never intended to just fully release like indie music so that's why now we like have like some rappers on the roster. Oh, cool. Like, um, we have like some cumbia, psychedelic like bands, and just more of like Latin American like folk music and stuff. Um, so that's like where we're, we're kind of like the direction we're going to, towards. But um, yeah, we have some releases that are a bit more like uh, like emo than others, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> a, just um, that's cool. But that's but that's been like a constant theme that it's like majority of the like the things that we have released are very like upbeat and cheerful.
0: I'm looking back. Okay, so when did this all happen? Like your 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 first sampler came out that I see here is in 2015. Is that when the label started?
1: Um. So the label. So that was like when we released our like finally we released something. But it actually we had the idea since like 2014. Oh wow. Um, and just kind of like. I like sat on it for like the longest I just had no like I had no idea how to start a label I had like you know no info on that so that whole like <laughs> year of 2014 like I just was messaging like other smaller like tape labels and just you know asking questions that's like how do you do this how do you do that like is it required to go full LLC when you, like, start out. Like, where do you get, like, tapes, right, like, you know? Right, So it's just, like, that full year, I just kind of was just researching and really, like, figuring out how to go about this.
0: Did you get help from other labels? Did they respond to you?
1: Um, not... <laughs> only two helped out uh, okay. and responded. The rest of them were just kind of, like, figure it out on your own, which is, like, I mean... Oh. like like fair so i'm just like all right i'm not i'm not looking for no secrets or like shortcuts because i know at the end of the day that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't really exist in the music industry yeah so um there was this uh one label based out of chicago grabbing cloud records that released a bunch of tapes i really liked that they were super helpful and insightful and uh another one in uh like montreal uh called egg paper factory that's like probably my favorite label of all time
0: okay yeah. so it was
1: like um they like just helped me out a lot told me like the sort of ins and outs like the do's and don'ts and just like sort of things to like be cautious and wary and um yeah they really did help me out and it's like i owe a lot to those two labels
0: that's awesome that's uh, awesome that's great and that's great that you did find someone to to help you out. And so, you were asking about like when you were talking to these labels, you were asking about like what manufacturing and and legal stuff or digital stuff, like what kind of things like really stumped you at the beginning.
1: Well, I just um I guess when I mean I was a lot younger and I guess it's just like with people that really don't sort of like already had the insight as like a music journalist and stuff and i was uh always getting stuff from like labels like capture tracks or like sub pop and things like that hmm. so these were like more established labels so i just felt like i was stumped because it's like well obviously i don't have the financial like like resources or anything to sort of go f- full on like quote-unquote professional mode whatever that really <laughs> yeah entails to so i just had no idea with like being just like a broke college kid how to really like help facilitate things and how to really go about so yeah i just asked like what how 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 does one really start off and go about like it's just like what do you like is this like the rate like way or is like whatever way and i guess Things that I really figured out is just like it's whatever way you want to go about. Mm. So, um, I've uh, I've always had sort of qualms with like the music industry and like sort of how things work. And so I just felt really weird how there was some people that were like, "Well, you gotta like sign contracts and you have to like you know own the rights to like the artist's music and stuff." Right. And that and those were things that I felt very like weird about just because Agreed. my. My whole intention with Citrus City, and it still is, it's just I want to, like, document and preserve, like, overlooked and, like, just, like, underrated band's music on, like, a physical format since Mm. um, a lot of the bands that I was writing about uh, when I was, like, a music journalist were bands that were just, like, on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and had, like, you know, 200 likes on, like, Facebook and uh, had no really sort of blog coverage. So I just kind of wanted to sort of really take that sort of mentality as a music like writer and as like now a label head is just like, well, this band has like an amazing EP or amazing full length and they don't have tapes. So I would just ask, like, hey, do you do you all need like tapes or a physical format or anything? Like it's all pretty much like free of charge, nothing like weird. We part uh we've always done like an even amount of tapes. So at first it was just like super like low like runs of like 50 tapes and we would just split it evenly like 25 25 and uh the band or artist could do whatever they want with those tapes like they could eat them sell them like throw them in the trash whatever it's like free of charge like we don't withhold anything or ask for anything
0: Interesting. interesting that's a good model i want to ask you about um we're kind of hopping all over the place but it's kind of fun the journalism thing Um, so you were a music journalist and you said you were getting like press packs and stuff from captured and from other labels. Like what, what did you learn? Like, what did you pull from that experience into starting your own label?
1: Um, so I guess the, what's helped me out with that and seeing a lot of things like that is how to sort of, um, articulate sort of press releases and put them together. Mm. Um, and just sort of like how to really, um, like formally start in like email or just things like that or I guess it's just like seeing how things are really like neatly packaged in like a press kit right um so it's just like stuff like that I really picked up on and just really um just sort of like sometimes seeing how weirdly commercialized some things would be like pushed so I guess that sort of taught me like okay this is not what I want to like do with my own things, and I guess these are the things I do want to do. So I guess a lot of stuff like that has helped me sort of just broaden my eyes on how really the music industry is. And, I mean, it was always fun getting sort of things like private streams like a year or like a few months like before it would be released. So I, I think it's just like stuff like that was super interesting to notice.
0: And that stuff that you carried through, that stuff that you were like, okay, I got to get a private stream to writers like – three or four months in advance. Did you do that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I started doing that sort of like the first kind of the first and second year of um, when I was uh, with the label. Um, I don't I don't do it as much as before just because I have I just have a lot of qualms with like the way major publications work um, and just things of how like I could release something and then we've had artists that get picked up by uh, bigger labels and then uh, the EP gets reissued and then it's like all over the fader and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I hit you up about this like two years ago, but that's cool. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Um, okay. So you are, you make, you make the, the tapes and I want to ask you about cassettes cause we've talked about that with some other labels and, and something I'm really curious about but that's later I want I'm curious about um you you release a record and it's a relatively unknown band in the beginning and still today how do you think your fans find your label how are people finding out about you
1: um so really it started um it has been like a grassroots sort of like operation um Mostly it started out with uh, – I, I think what uh, what has helped us the most is that uh, I wasn't in like a centralized location that I had like the like advantages of being like in a local music community. Okay. I was just really like, like doing all this in my mom's basement and I'm really <laughs> just like <laughs> – Like, out in, like, the country, pretty much. It's just, like, a house, and then it's just, like, a bunch of, like, acres of trees, and then, like, ten minutes (laughs) down, it's, like, another house. Okay. So, um, I didn't have the advantages at first of being, like, surrounded by a local music community, so I always used, like, the internet. And, um, our first compilation, like, our sampler was just, like, it has bands, like, a band from, like, from Paris. Like, someone from, uh... From like sweden some artists from like australia london someone from japan uh someone from like michigan and so forth and so forth so i think at first i was super i wanted to connect all these people that were based in other regions of the country and the world so what's helped is that their friends sort of were like hey look my song is on this like like label that just started like sampler like check them out and like so many people from like, cause it's like a ton of artists on that sampler and a lot of their friends and sort of like fans like got hooked on us. And then a lot of our earlier releases are like, um, like boys age from Japan, like Lois from, uh, Madrid, Spain and uh, so on. We just kept releasing a lot of bands that weren't from the Virginia area mm-hmm. and pretty much just like internationally. So a lot of just like a word of mouth and just really using the internet to sort of connect and sort of build bridges. And then it wasn't until when I like transferred over from Nova community college to VCU in uh, Richmond is where I, uh, really um, I, I was always going to Richmond to drive up to shows and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I was living there that I got really immersed with like the local community. And I, you know, was like, well, um, I'm like I lived in a spot with like a few friends who um, we released Colin Thibodeau and then later they changed their name Lance Bangs. That we would just throw house shows and just you know, would just start our own little like sect within this big community and sort of people kept I kept presenting them under like Citrus City and so I started doing shows and so I guess doing like the online stuff and then finally moving into Richmond and. Branching out like that within the local community is when people really were starting to like check Citrus City out and go in death and be like, oh, cool, this little like tape label from Virginia released someone from Japan. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> or vice versa, someone from Japan would be like, wow, Citrus City released a band from Virginia. I'm going to check this out.
0: You've like I'm looking through your band camp and I mean, most of your records like are sold out. So like in my mind, you've been pretty successful with with these limited runs of tapes that must feel pretty good
1: yeah it's um like it's all super interesting honestly just because it never the way things have turned out and have grown I never sort of anticipated it was just mostly I started this because it's like I wanted to help out these artists and people's the music that I really really enjoyed and it was just mostly like Okay, they don't have a tape and this is just an excuse for me to like own the tape. If yeah. no one else is going to make it, like <laughs> I'm going to like spend my personal funds into making this. I've done the
0: exact same thing. I literally have something that is pressed to a limited and like I don't think anyone else has bought a copy, but it's okay cuz it was 200 bucks like well spent for me to have my own copy and backup copies. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, of course, and it's like we've had like one of our, like a lot of our earlier releases. Have finally, like three years later, like three years later, have been selling out, and it's just like, oh, nice. It's just like okay, cool. Like this is finally out there, like in the world. We made like sixty copies, and it's just like it's all out there now. So it's these, like I don't know.
0: Sorry, these tapes—they don't look DIY. Like, have have you always done it at a plant?
1: Um. So. A lot of like so a lot of them they are through like uh pro dubbed and then I have a lot of like duplicators and sort of tape decks and I do like ones like by hand as well. Oh okay. so it's like yeah, so it varies.
0: Oh okay. Okay. And is it just usually like based on like how many th- you think you can sell?
1: Yeah, so it's when it's like when I sort of gauge on how like okay, um like on the the artist band camp, how many sort of fans and sort of people like have purchased it. I sort of gauge through that and be like, okay, this is, we should do this one as like a pro sort of run. Right. As opposed to when it's sort of like a new band in in the Virginia area that's just like yeah we're we're not really looking to tour or anything sort of just play some shows here or there mm-hmm. I'm just like all right cool I have like some blanks and like some labels or stuff or if they just want to keep it just the tape of the J card in case yeah I just kind of you know plug up uh the duplicators and just make like a limited run so it just like depends on mostly what the artist wants to do and if they have intentions to like tour and like play like more shows and really just gauging their audience where it's like, okay, are we going to go pro dub or just hand up?
0: I remember that skirts record that came out. I think it was this year, right? That, that's yeah.
1: That was a pretty big record.
0: That's a great record.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It was, um, such an honor to like put that out since it, the uh, Alex, the, the per, uh, skirts, mm-hmm. they have their own little, uh, tape label as well called peach bloom. Okay. And they sort of like, self-release like their music and um almost touching sort of like sold out on like their own and so they were just like not anticipating that and they just weren't like in a position to fully like repress it because there was such a high demand and Mm -hmm. we've like met like through like online and like have had the honor and like pleasure of meeting in like real life uh, a few times since they're based in dallas and um we just kind of were like hey like we would like love to help out and like get this out there to like more people
0: um so where are you like how are you finding bands today i mean i imagine now at this point you're getting a lot of music sent to you but i mean how how often do you make a decision and say okay i want to put this record out you know in 6 months or a year from now um where are you finding these people
1: um so you know, sometimes it's just, like, a good old-fashioned, um, like, just band camp hunt. Okay. Uh, just, you know, spending several hours going through some tags of, like, you know, genres that I would like. Um, but mostly, um, I do a lot of, um, like, tour management and just touring that – um I just find out a lot of bands through just of going through certain like other respective like music communities and scenes across the country. Hmm. And just also just like by word of mouth, I will have like a friend who's like based in Montreal that's like, yo, check out this band like that's going like that just played a show. Like they're super good. You would check them like you would like them. Yeah. And just like just stuff like that, just mostly just like through word of mouth and friends like showing me stuff and I I just stumbling upon like a cool like local band in like Austin, Texas or like in like Savannah, Georgia or in Atlanta, Georgia. So I I think it's just mostly I've had the it's been like a cool like privilege and advantage traveling the country and like being able to witness these local like communities and like the bands that I necessarily wouldn't have like seen if I wasn't there present at a show.
0: Right, right you've been you've been pretty like present online on twitter i mean that's how i've came across you and you your your label comes up in my feed like all the time just you know (laughs) people talking about you or um so you must because of that i would imagine you must get demos sent in a lot
1: yeah um we we get some demos um you know, we've, we've honestly, to this date, we've only put out three things demo, demo-wise. demo Oh, that's that quite a lot, from, actually. Yeah, from submissions. It's just three, and it's just like we get a, like a whole ton of stuff. And, you know, s- some of it, it's not – I I don't like to be a super critical person as to say negative things, but some of, some of the stuff is not just like, like for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like – I'm super transparent and honest with folks that hit us up, and it's just like, hey, look, it's not it's not you, it's really me, and it's not, it would be a disservice to pick up something that I know I wouldn't fully give it the 110, mm-hmm. like, love and care that it would deserve. And, like, I always try to, like, be like, hey, these would be, like, better labels, like, for your music, like, a better fit, and just, oh, like, nice. I hope, give tips on being, like, if no one picks it up, it like, don't get discouraged, like, here are places where you can get tapes and like self release, like it too. Like that is never bad
0: yeah. at all. Uh, it's such a, a miracle if you can find someone online. And because, you know, for me, and it's happened, you know, a few times over the past like eight or nine years. And it's like, it's this like incredible, uh, like chemical reaction where it's like a record that I am obsessed with that uh, like is one of my favorite records of the year but that is also completely unknown and hasn't been properly released yet or ideally at all released yet and you know it's it's, so it's just that like perfect concoction if that actually happens then it's like and if they're game of course but you know uh, it's just so rare because you know i'll I'll get submissions or something will come through like submit hub and it's like like it's it's this is good and everything, but like there's so much that goes into a relationship, a label relationship. And oh yeah. Of it's like you said, like if I'm not if I don't personally think this is the best record of the year, then I can't like put my my reputation on the line, or not my reputation, but I can't email my contacts and beg them to write about it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. if it if it's not something that I want to use up one of those coupons with you know
1: no exactly i totally feel the same way and i think it's like you know a lot of like there's like a lot that goes into like things that people do whether you're like a band or artist like sometimes people don't know that it like takes a lot of hard work and effort if you're like an up-and-coming artist and you just have like a home recording material into going through into that or if you know you're a band or an artist that has a bit more cash to spend then you want to put more like time and effort and maybe going into the studio so i'm like super aware of like the things that everyone like has to do to make that and to put it out and like having confidence to like release it to a label and then there's times i feel like people don't know the ins and outs of like people who are running labels as to what they want to do and it's just like i would just love to release everything that has come into my sort of Mm -hmm. like inbox and stuff that i even like but it's just like it's just mostly me nowadays running it and uh i just don't have the sort of like so much resources to just put out everything that Mm -hmm. i like really like so i have to be like And it's not even sort of picky where it's like an elitist sort of thing. I just have to be picky because it's like I have this amount of like money on me right now. (laughs) And there's like two things that I really want to release. And there's like five things that I'm just like, whoa, I wish I could release. I really have to choose the ones that I feel really passionately and strongly about just because it's like I kind of have my hands tied the majority of the time. So it's just like, yeah, so
0: you made a good point like. And we talked about this a little bit with some other labels about how um, it's like a lot of artists and and they don't really understand what goes into releasing a record or, or running a label. And that's okay. Like it's not their job to know um, what's involved, but you'll get an email and it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, release, hoping to release this record next month and I'm looking for a label. And it's like, well, you know, we're, we're thinking like we're trying to think f- far ahead. we're trying to give ourselves leeway and you can just kind of tell that like um, it isn't really fully understood like what it takes to properly release a record and to give a record the due um, the due time it, it's it's it deserves to uh, to get heard.
1: No, exactly. We've gotten some folks to that hit us up and they're like, hey, I'm releasing this album this friday i want <laughs> tapes next week and i'm just like i'm just like uh buddy i i wish i could like you know like with stuff that i really want to release i wish i could just put out the tapes next week like yeah. it's nothing yeah. you know so it's just like <laughs> well, i don't know sometimes people really just don't it's not as just like simple as like okay you put out an album that's great and all it's like super easy to like just put out something digitally but it's just like takes a lot of time and like planning and like effort to really like okay I really believe in this record and I think it would make like a a good enough splash. Let's like wait for like four or five like six months. Um, let me like reach out to some writers, make like you know private yeah. links, um, and just etc. And it's just like I I think people don't realize a lot of like the planning that comes behind uh, putting out a record.
0: Totally, and and. I, on the same token, like I would encourage indie artists to, I I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but in a way I kind of wish that indie artists would like get in touch with a label, like really early in the game and say like, Hey, I'm in the middle of recording a record and I think it's really special. Here's a rough mix. Um, I'm hoping to have it done in three months from now. Um, you know what I mean? Because I would, there's so many records that I've heard where I've like, man, I wish you had told me about this. Like, you know, cause they want to release it like imminently. Cause now it's been mixed and mastered and it's like a year old in their mind and they want to get it out there as quick as possible. And I just kind of feel like, man, I wish that this artist had actually emailed me early in the, in the early stages so that I could have um, been involved right from the beginning and, and kind of like, prepared this for its release you know
1: no i i totally feel the same way um we're actually uh like one of the few first times like ever that that has happened to us we're like in like chats with like an artist and like they sent us like the rough demos and like it's just like you know this is like just where i'm at at right now this is like the completely early stages but if you like what you're hearing so far like i would love to like you know and it's just that really does like help me out and it was Mm. just like really refreshing that i'm just like wow someone finally like finally did this and it's like i'm not opposed to where it's just like someone already has like the like it's all mixed and mastered and they like want to get it out like this sort of time frame but i think it's just like i would appreciate more if like artists knew that it's just like if you have someone in mind that you want to work with establish a dialogue super early Mm -hmm. on being like hey this is what i'm working on this is what you know i'm at right now like would you possibly be interested you know it's all still like tentatively like in the works but if you're down i would love to like you know plan this ahead like i think that would just make things a lot more easier for like the artist at the end of the day and the label.
0: And it's it's actually, I, I totally agree. I love that. And it's actually like intimidating when it's the opposite. And like an artist says, you know, we've already done our press photos. Here's our press kit. Um, this is the album artwork. And we're expecting to release it in a, you know, two months or a month from now. And it's, to me, it's like, when I get an email like that, I just find it too overwhelming. Even if it's like, even if it's remotely possible to like get on board and help them release it, or if I really, really like the record, it's still just too intimidating. It's just like, or, or not intimidating, but overwhelming. It's like, you know what? I've got a lot of things like on my plate right now. And, and the, the, where you're at, like with this record is not where I'm at. (laughs) So what you're saying is like, I, I think that would be way less overwhelming if someone's just like, listen in the next Twelve months, like eight to twelve months, I'm I might have a record finished, and here's what it might sound like. Let's start this process now.
1: Yeah, it just it would just make things a lot easier. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's so hectic when it's like I'm already in mid sort of like like release mode, sort of planning things out, and someone just kind of is like, hey, like uh, I have this and this done. And I'm looking to release like in two months. And it kind of lands around the same sort of month. We have something already planned that has yeah. been planned for like a year. And yeah. it's just like, oh, like, I really wish you hit me up like way like <laughs> in advance about yeah. this.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, we've we've talked a lot about cassettes on this podcast. And I mean, your your band camp has got a ton of great cassettes. Um, why cassettes for you? What was the attraction to them for your label?
1: Um, so I've always, um, I've always been into physical like formats. Um, I've always been like, I've always enjoyed having like intangible, like object of music. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is like, this is my copy. Like this is like out of a hundred, I have like copy number like 32. Like Oh yeah, that's this one, true. This one is like mine. So I've always been into sort of like tr- owning like the music. Um, like I'm a big fan of like you know digital releases like that's always true I always was a on LimeWire when that was like a thing at one (laughs) point and uh I've always been into making mix CDs and stuff so um yeah I got really into tapes like my sophomore year of um high school I was at a show in DC for um it was like Beach Fossils and two local DC bands uh The Sea Life and uh, this other one called like baby Bri Bri and the apologist and you know they just had tapes and I just was like amazed by like their set and it was like the last one I didn't even have a like tape player but I was just like I want this just because it's like they don't have anything else and it's just you know so I um got my first tape in like sophomore year and I just kind of kept like you know um Kept getting as many tapes as I possibly could from like a lot of the band, a lot of the bands that I really liked were like, Bandcamp bands or like local bands that really didn't have the funding to put out a seven inch or even like a full like LP on like wax. Hmm. So um, I guess it I've I've always liked how it was just uh, easy to sort of get. Um, it would be like five or six bucks, and at the time I'm just like you know don't I didn't have like the cash to just fully splurge on like a record that was like 15 or like 20 bucks, like the most. Yeah. The the tape has always been like this, like the safest option for me to afford. And I guess, um, I just like how it's like, although a lot of people are like, Oh, like where are you going to listen to it? And like stuff like that. I think, (laughs) um, the cassette is also a good sort of like way to showcase art. I think it's like Uh a good art piece. Um, I think, um, you know, there are a lot of ways to sort of pop out, like, you know, like a, like a vinyl, like jacket, and sort of have things inserted, like the linear notes and everything and having like a colored like record. And it, I, but I think, um, with like a cassette tape, there's just so much more to sort of like present it and, uh, mm. you know, have it like a, a J card that is like, like folds up and it like, you take it out. And it's like a 10 sort of like page, like picture book or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. I don't know. I just think uh, I've always liked of how the possibility is like endless on how to like make a cassette tape.
0: It is, it is cool how a lot of the indie labels um, in, in kind of your community is like, have, have what they've done with the cassette like the different things that they've done with the labels or the stamping um or with the color of the the cassette and with the j card or the cassette single and then with you know throwing in a pin or a sticker um i yeah i think you're right i think it's a it's actually a great piece of art
1: yeah and it's just always been um i mean it's like be honest i don't like I didn't starting out. I did not have like two thousand dollars or like three thousand dollars to put out like yeah. two hundred fifty yeah. like you know records Twelveers. on like vinyl. Yeah. And so like I guess it's just very like accessible and like affordable at the same time. Like going with the cassette route. Not that I'm against vinyl or anything. Like it's just you know it's it's like the easiest option for like where I'm at right at like the moment in my life.
0: Well, I think what's cool about that is it started. I think it's true. I mean, I've talked to a few labels about this, but it's true that it it kind of has started for economical reasons. It's a we want a physical thing because you know, like you said, a lot of people will say, "Well, I don't even have a way of playing it," Um, and and hopefully that'll change down the road. But um, I think it's still great to have a physical piece to remind you that this record is in your collection. You know, even if it's just in your iTunes or on your phone it's nice to say oh yeah that record is you know I, I own that record I saw that band live I like those people
1: yeah and I don't know I, I really enjoyed things like that and it just goes a long way for me personally owning things that it's just like I know they put the time and effort to like do and it's just like documenting like a sort of time and just like moment in like the artist's lives and like my life as well. Well,
0: what I've noticed happening now in 2018 that I really appreciate is that the cassette has become like a calling card for specific genres. It's become like the format of choice. And whether it is for economical reasons, I don't know. But now it's like when I see a cassette, especially with a certain type of artwork, it you just know what it's going to sound like. You know that it's going to be like a lo-fi indie rock that that you like and that you enjoy. And so, um, or like a ambient drone or something or experimental, but to me, it's like those two genres. I kind of, I kind of know, like if I were to just pick up something on your band camp, like, there's a really good chance. I'm, I'm pretty much going to like it. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you.
0: Um, I, I was, I was, I want to ask about inventory. I was talking to a friend recently about the magic number for inventory where you can sell out and not be stuck with extra stock, but at the same time, you want to get as many copies in the world as you can, and, and you want to make money for, for the bands and, and for yourself. Is there a formula for quantities with tapes that you go buy?
1: Um, so it's, um, I guess it's like how I mentioned before, it's sort of gauging the already, the already sort of set fan base if the band has any. Um, sort of potentially mm-hmm. seeing like okay is this like I don't like to label things like if this will be commercially successful or um, just like it's just like how would it really do like uh, like a person I like it so obviously I'm going to like you know own a copy of what I'm going to release and I have like friends that like anything that I release so it's just like I already know that people people will have it but I guess it's just like I really really dig deep and like try to plan okay okay who who else would potentially like this but um starting out we just would always do like a run of 50 and so we would split it evenly the band will get 25 and i would get 25 and it's just sort of like i like keeping it as sort of like a first come first serve sort of thing if you really like it and you see that it's like we have 25 on our band camp and the artists will have 25 on their band camp. Like, if you really like it, you, you'll get it. Mm. And then from then, I started to gauge. Like, people would be like, hey, do you have any more of, like, this, like, tapes for this release? And I'll just be like, sorry, we only made, like, 50. And then after that, I just started noticing, okay, like, let's, like, up it and make, like, 70 right, and, or 80. And it just kind of just kept going and sort of, like, Really pushing it, sort of like the scarcity of it. It's just like, hey, like there's this release that came out and everyone is downloading it on Bandcamp and streaming it. Don't forget, like, there's only like 40 like tapes in existence of this. <laughs> it's just like, you no, know, if you really liked it, it, you can get it, but it's like, you know, there'll only be 40 people that will get it. And yeah. I guess now, um, we sort of move to like we make like a run of 100, so it's like 50 50. Um, I guess the most where we've made is this band Crumb that we've released. We made two hundred fifty tapes for their tour. And um I like tour managed them like for like a whole month and we sold two hundred fifty tapes. Wow. So that was good for you. An eye opening sort being like, okay, like this band has such a pool and like such an established fan base already that it makes sense when, like the high, like the more the like band, uh, the more listeners the band will get. That's when we're like, okay, we need to up like, like the quantity.
0: Right, right. Do you? Um, just side note. Do you put the records up anywhere else, or is it just Bandcamp? Like, are they available on Apple Music or Spotify?
1: Um, so they some of them are available on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, I'm deaf. I'm not against streaming whatsoever. Okay, it's just it's just always been, um, I guess if I'm going to be talking as like a, a music fan, uh, I just never had the sort of like financial, like financial extra like leverage to be like, I'm going to pay for a subscription to like use Spotify, even though I like my partner and friends have Spotify and like, you know, I'll I'll, like hop on their phone Mm -hmm. to like, you know, play something and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of it's just mostly, um, as to the artists that if they it's like hey like we don't do this not just because it's like i don't want to do it it's just like mostly focused on getting the physical medium out and they sort of like do it on their own as well and like i kind of like um show them the ropes and like everything like this is where like if you get any money back it comes back to you and stuff i've Mm. just always have stayed away from that because i don't things kind of get weird and i know people have had experiences where like the label will put out the music on streaming services themselves and sort of like let's say there's like a song that gets on like a curated like official spotify playlist and like you know it start it makes like a few bones here mm-hmm. and there that mm-hmm. i know i've had friends that have had bad experiences with other labels like that so i just kind of mostly just be like hey you know what i'm just gonna focus on the physical medium if you want that's cool put it on Spotify and Apple music or anything. I can send you the links. I We can sit down and we can set everything up for you. You know what I mean? And like put on like, you know, where the money is going to go to and stuff. So it's totally. like. Totally.
0: And that is, and I mean, that's a good point I never thought of because if you're focusing on like short runs of tapes, like Spotify and streaming is, is permanent essentially. So it's like yeah, it, you know, at some point, depending on the agreement, but for indie labels, at some point, that album will have to be transferred back to the artist or, or at some point it'll have to be removed. And, and I, I see, and that has happened with me where it can get a little hairy because you still want the music to be up there in for the fans. Um, but yeah, it be, you, you end up having to transfer it over or something.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I just sort of have that option for the band and being like hey if you want to like we don't do this but you're more than welcome to put it up and we can like help you sort of like you know sort of help facilitate all that but we it, like you will be the one in control of that and having to like you know like pay for like you know the if you're using distro or whatever sort of like service like that it's like you like kind of worry about that
0: yeah yeah I try to talk about, um, press and pitching to press with labels because it's something that's really daunting to me and very time consuming. Um, and it's always like very vaguely beneficial. I, I, I think it's helpful, but then I, I'm not sure it's worth all of the effort I put into it. Um, what's working with press and pitching records, um, for you? It, it, what advice do you have for our listeners?
1: Um, You know, I was super, um, that was something in like the early years of the label. I was super like also dedicating a lot of time and effort into, and you know, let's face it, it gets super easy to get frustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. sending out a hundred emails and sort of making all of them super personable. So it's not just like a copy paste sort of thing. And it's really discouraging just getting like two people or three people were like to get back and it's like I was on the other end too and it's like it's super daunting to be like a sort of publication and having like your inbox filled with like 30,000 emails and it's just like I know like I I know a lot of it is based on like chance and luck and I have nothing against blogs or anything but I guess what I've done now is just mostly trying to like you know, I know people read blogs and publications, um, like mid-sized to bigger ones to the smaller ones. So I mostly, I mostly any sort of efforts and time that I'm going to put into pitching, I just mostly go to sort of like smaller midsize blogs where it's just like, I know mm-hmm. the person running like running the blog. Mm-hmm. I know, like, you know, they're like another email that I can reach out to them yeah. to. <laughs> um, and so I just mostly focus my time and efforts on the people that Are on the same level as I am and like the like internet and sort of music community that I'm in because you know why I can release a record that I truly believe and I'm like this can this is good enough that it can be on Pitchfork and on The Fader on this sort of big publication but I'm also super real with myself and know that you know it's so easy to get into these like sort of realms and publications if you have like a like a, a, a PR agent or right. like working with like a firm that has already had a track record with like, you know, I, right. I think it's just the most important thing, I guess, advice is just building relationships with the people that you're already with in the, your community. Because, mm. you know, that person who is running a little like college blog, they have aspirations to, to make that like, you know, their like life to be like, you know, so, mm. you know, don't, Like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone that I'm, like, talking to in, like, a small blog, if they want to keep going at it, they might be a future writer, a pitchfork. Yeah, that's a
0: great point, man. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I think I've just mostly have, like, really been set on, like, you know what? I'm going to forge and really establish the relationships I have with already these people. You know, it's been going well, and we trust each other, and they, like – trust what I'm doing and I trust what they're doing that I'm just gonna continue building this relationship and you know, if Citrus City gets to a point where it's a bigger than, you know, I don't I don't know what will happen. Like if you down the lines, I know it's just like I'm going to have these people that have been working since day one in mind. So it's just like I guess it's just really forging and establishing the relationships that you already have mm. and not taking them for granted if let's say you get a few hundred more followers on like social media accounts and or like I don't know it's just, but also not selling yourself short. I guess it's like always great to take risks, but I've just been, I'm very grateful for the people that I'm around and the people I've been supporting me since day one, and I think it's I'm just really about forging and continuing the uh the relationships that I've had with like smaller to mid side publications. So it's like, if if the fader writes about something that's totally great and all, but I'm not going to sort of like waste my time t- pitching to folks that I know I'm still not, I- I'm a bit away from, you know?
0: <laughs> well, you actually brought up a great point and I've had this, I've actually had this come true. Like you were saying is, is, um, it's so easy to dismiss a blog that has like 30 followers or to ha- dismiss, um, like a Twitter account or a Spotify playlist that has like, you know, under a hundred followers because we're, we're kind of thinking so big picture when we're trying to, to pitch these records and, you know, we're looking at like trying to land, you know, people with, with big followings. And so we're like, well, what does it really matter if a blog writes about me, but only two or three people read the blog. And it's so easy to think that way, but, your advice to not think that way and to not take those people for granted is huge. And I've experienced, you know, small little blogs grow into really big blogs. And I have been uh, regretfully dismissive to people in the past um, because of the size of their blog. And then I look back five years later and it's like, wow, they're still doing it. And they're quite large, you know what I mean? And they, and I, now I wish I, I had been not such a, a jerk you know and so I I think that's a really good point is to just anybody who wants to take the time to write about your record um you should move heaven and earth for them
1: no yeah exactly because it's like we're all doing the same thing at the end day de- at the end of the day which is sharing music you know it's different sort of ways but it's just it you know we we all have sort of like the same goal and reasons and uh you know it's just uh for example um, the Twitter account, very small album reviews. Like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I love those guys.
1: <laughs> like, I have, I have, they have been covering stuff uh, like our stuff when they had like ten followers on tw- on Twitter, and and they have like grown so much over like the years that it's just you know, yeah. The tip, someone who is just like, okay, this is great that they're like you know tweeting and like you know promoting like our releases, but. I can see how someone could be dismissive and me like, they only have 10 followers. Like, why am I really going to like, you know, like pay that much attention to them. And I would just always send them sneak peeks and previews. I'm like, yo, we have this coming out in like a few months, like check it out. Here's like a download code that hasn't come out yet. Or like, I don't know. I'm just really about also giving download codes just randomly about uh, for something that hasn't come out yet. And just, it's always like a surprise for like even fans. I like, or like other sort of like blog uh, writers, it's just like, here's a download code. Like hmm. here's this and that. I just try to keep everyone in the loop.
0: That's smart. Whether
1: they, have, whether they have like 15 followers, whether they're just like an avid like fan that has purchased a tape here and there. it's That's just amazing. Like, I just like to have a lot of people in mind because it's like uh, I know a lot of other people. I think it's just a lot of bigger labels really like like to keep this sort of like elitist sort of gatekeeping thing. and I've always used to run into that as like a music fan, journalist, and even now as like a label runner that it's just like it's not this weird sort of like click and I've just want to have everyone involved. Hmm. whether you're not running a label, it's just like it's all music and everyone deserves to like listen.
0: Well, and I think yeah, I mean that's I love it, and, and I love that you bless like your fans like that, and and sending out some private links. I'm gonna do that actually when we get off the phone. That's a great idea, and I think yeah. I think that it's all about, and this is what we talk about these small blogs and these small you know um, curators, is that there the the hope is that they become a fan of your label in the same way that you're a fan of the artists who are on your label. And it's all about, it's all about fandom. It's all about, we're just a fan of good music and you can't like, you can't get a pitchfork writer or you can't get a certain writer or a publicist or anybody to do anything for you if they're not a fan of the music. And so I think like, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking out loud here, Manny, but just like developing a label out of fandom and developing your strategy out of how can um, I do this out of a way of me being a fan of the band and finding more people who who are fans of this music, including writers?
1: No, yeah, and it's just you know, it's just things where i've um I've seen doing it it's just making things super personable at the end of the day. and I know it's just a lot of people sort of forget that it's just like i'm i'm only 24 years old personally mm-hmm. i'm just a 24 year old like person i started this when i was like 20 21 years old i college kid just like like some of y'all like i am like in college like loan debt just <laughs> like you and it's just like hey he, like i'm just putting out some music that hopefully you enjoy and it's just like you know i guess not detaching yourself from like Oh, because I run a label, I like, you know, am sort of like better than you. I don't know if that it really yeah. is like making sense as to what we've been talking about. But what, it's like
0: What's the hardest part of running the label for you?
1: Um I think the hardest thing is um sometimes dealing with folks that don't really know how things uh what what goes into it and sort of uh you know it's not I I would love that the label became, like, my livelihood and I could sort of, like, you know, really make some money off it where it's just, like, not me per se, where it's just, like, a lot of, like, money is, like, coming in to be like, whoa, I can, like, just dedicate my time to this. I think it's just mostly people forgetting that it's just, like, there's a person running this and it's just me nowadays, Um, like, sending out emails, packaging tapes, Mm um, I book a lot of shows in Richmond. Um, I like book tours. I do a lot of the in-house, like, you know, like PR, just everything is just me. So I think sometimes it's really hard when something, when something happens in my personal life or something happens in like my Like work life that I'm just like I have to work like three doubles back to back now (laughs) I'm sorry I didn't send out this tape I will get it right away but like I also need to like look out for myself and like my life Mm. and I think it's that it's like sometimes getting that point across and that's why um I think people gravitate a lot to Citra City and that's why I'm very vocal on like Twitter and like other social media because it's just I always want people to remember that there's, like, a person like you, like, doing this. And it's not that I'm, like, looking to, like, get a thank you all the time or, like, to make money off, like, the label or artist. But it's just, like, I also need to, like, look out for myself and, like, my well-being. So I guess it's always coming across people where it's just, like... Where's my tape? And it's just like, yo, your tape is gonna come, but you ordered it yesterday and I'm like <laughs> working a double right now. Like I am so sorry. Or like not responding to like an email fast enough. And it's just like, I'm sorry I didn't get back to like your demo inquiry, but like I'm like driving right now. Like I'm <laughs> I'm across the country. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's that's great. And I think I appreciate how transparent you are, and I've talked about this with you know, Matt at Forged and and Jesse at Father Daughter. These are people and and yourself who are very transparent on Twitter, and I think it's helpful. Uh, it, I don't I don't see it as somebody being negative or complaining. I see it as just first of all as a as a someone who also runs a label. I see it as like it's comforting. It's like oh great, I'm not the only one who has to work another job and has to do other things to to be able to to make time to respond to an email and but i also just i think it it uh i think it informs a lot of people that um this isn't this isn't something that's super easy and that there's a lot that goes into it
1: yeah and i think it um i'm always trying to break down these like esoteric and like super old school thoughts on like what a label is because there's like people that think oh citrus city is this super well established like label and if i get like we don't even like quote unquote sign anyone it's just sort of on the basis like hey we're gonna put out your tapes and we'll like help you out it's more of like a support group yeah pretty much i'm just like (laughs) helping out and sort of like but yes there's sometimes people think like oh because like uh i'm i'm on citrus city or i want to get on citrus city because i want to like become famous and big and like get like an advance and i'm just like i have run into so many people like that where it's just like buddy i'm so sorry but i we don't do that and it's just yeah i I think the whole landscape of labels like people have this weird word perception that we're still in the 90s and these (laughs) labels are like funding these crazy like music videos and these crazy just like oh my gosh like rollouts it 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 does not work like that anymore like you see a lot of major like mainstream artists like not even signing to labels anymore because it's not it it, honestly like you know if you're a major artist or you're really wanting to break it you can pretty much do everything yourself like you know chance the rapper has a distribution deal with like like apple like you know and it's just like all like it. it's all going towards him It. you don't need like the middleman like a label at the end of the day <laughs> to sort of like help facilitate that things if you're in a position to be like if you have a team like you got a manager you got a lawyer you got certain people to help you out but it really is like you know if you really want to like uh, i just think the way people think major labels or labels work it's not like that anymore totally
0: Yeah. No, it's a, that's totally true. I've had, I've had an email like that too recently. Actually, somebody was asking, pitching the record and, and they had a lot of their ducks in a row. Um, but then it was like, um, they had asked like what the advance would be if they were to sign with us. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's like so far from like an advance. Yeah. It's
1: just like, uh, I have like, 15 bucks, maybe. Like yeah, K-pop that's generous. And kind of like you really want, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just really funny. And it's just like, I'm always trying to tell folks, like, you know, it's not, it it doesn't, things don't work the way they used to when it was going on like that, you know?
0: Well, even the contract thing, I mean, we don't talk about contracts too much on the, the podcast because it's, you know, up to the labels to talk about it. But, um, you know, I, for me personally, it was something I decided about three or four years ago where I thought it would be best not to have contracts because, um, the contracts mostly just benefit the label. It's like saving you if the artist blows up or something and you, you can benefit from them in the future. Um, to me, I think I would be okay if an artist like got cold feet and wanted to walk away, right. You know, at the last minute or, or halfway through the release or or months after the release, like, uh, to me, I just feel less stress and anxiety if everybody is free, if everybody is like, just doing this, because we're all friends. And we all think that this is the best decision for the record. And so for me, I'm, I'm with you, I've, I've kind of stopped doing contracts. Um, They've just been basically like email, you know, um, face to face contracts, like just saying, this is what I... Um, plan to do and make sure it's in line with their expectations. And then that's it.
1: No, yeah, exactly. And um, that's always something that I've, uh, we have never done contracts to this day. And it's just always, uh, it's funny because there was a, uh, when I transferred over to VCU in Richmond, my uh, advisors were always like, you need to do internships, you need to do this and this. <laughs> and I, I was gonna do this internship with this uh like local label in town that they're like I guess pretty semi established. I don't know. Um, but you know, they were just asking me about how we ran our operation and I was telling them like, well, we don't really do contracts, we just kinda do everything out of the basis of like we wanna help you out and you don't have a tape out, so we would gladly like put it out free of charge. Like no like <laughs> like you have to give us money back or this or hit hit them with like an invoice um and they he was just kind of like oh well you do handshake deals like like that's not how we do it here and it was just like he kept like pretty much like making me feel bad the way we did stuff and i'm just like hey like i'm not like i'm not looking to make money like money off this i just really like music and it's just like I just didn't end up doing the internship and I just kinda of motivated me to be like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do what I wanna do because this is the way I really wanna do it and I feel really passionate and strongly about this. And if people make people make fun of me or not, then I'm not going to like that's fine, like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna like change it just because it's not the norm. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I think that's like the best way and uh we've we've had artists that um you know um are about to sign with bigger labels and it's like I've, I've always had like a friendly relationship with everyone that we've put out some more than others and i always try to like keep up with everyone that we've talked to be like hey how are you doing like how's like how's the family how's like you know how's your si- significant other how's this like life and i've always just made it very clear that if you know there's like a bigger label or a bigger opportunity Please take it. don't <sighs> oh, don't nice. feel like um you're so like just binded by like Citrus City. Don't feel like we would feel like some type of way about it. Mm. Um,
0: Good the for only you, things
1: that the only things I don't like is when I've had negative experiences with bigger labels that they sort of try to come in. Uh, when there's already a working relationship established, when like we're like mid-release and they're just sort of kind of like, "Hey, ditch them," and we'll like give you this and this and mm-hmm. stuff. And but it's just like we have the tapes literally coming out like in two days. Like what? Oh, like man, what are you tr- like what are you trying to do? So I think it's like, I guess it's like also I guess lining up to like the question like what is the hardest thing is really um. Not being like a small tape label, um not getting the sort of like respect from bigger established labels because there's just sort of like, oh, they're just a, a tape label. It's like it's whatever. We don't have to like worry about them. But I guess what my big plan and goal is to really implement the ideas that I've had of being a like smaller like tape label and maybe hopefully like getting certain distribution deals and stuff, stuff like that to yeah. really sort of like – I don't know, rival what these people and models that they're doing. Cause I think it's like really disrespectful that um, there's like this weird still tier of like, oh, you're just a tape label. Like, you know, we're not to take you serious. But it's just like, I, I know that you guys are like looking through like our band camp and trying to sign like our artists and like <laughs> kind of make things like weird. And it's just like, I don't, I don't really like that. Yeah. And I guess like I've been sort of like, I really don't want to do contracts, but I don't like how a lot of our back catalog has been, like, planning to be reissued by bigger labels in, like, tw- like next year, pretty much. And it's, mm. like, I'm super stoked for, like, the artists, you know, um, that they're going to get signed. But it's one of those things that when, once it gets rolled out, it's just, like, never before ever release like, debut EP, but it's just like, we just did the tape for this. Like, oh, what? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and we get no mention of it or anything. Oh, and yeah. Just, oh, like, for sure. And I don't know. Stuff like that is what makes me, like, really kind of discouraged. Because it's like, I'm not looking to get credit or anything. But, like, I put in a lot of time and an effort. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Into, into this and to just sort of it, get brushed under the rug like it never happened. I don't know. I think it's like... I think it's really disrespectful and I just wish like bigger established labels really understood that it's like, Hey, you were in this position too before, like you were like starting out. So I don't get, I just don't really understand why, you know, the culture in itself doesn't support itself and sustain itself. Mm -hmm. But then that's why, you know, I'm glad that, you know, um, on Twitter I like have, like, we have cultivated, like, a small, like, tape community at itself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really, like, good friends with, like, Matt at Forge Artifacts. Right. Like, we did, like, a release together. Um, we are really good friends with, like, Disposable America, mm-hmm. um, Sports Day Records, uh, Dead Plant. Like, it's just yeah. so many other tape, like, records and, like, labels that it's just, like, you know what? I I'm going to foster this community and be a part of this community because at the end of the day, if the big man doesn't want to acknowledge us, that's totally fine. I have these other like-minded individuals that I'm going to support and are going to support me because it's like, at the end of the day, we're just doing the same thing.
0: Well, it's sad that that's happening because it's forcing you, I mean, it's, it's forcing you into doing contracts, into doing something uncomfortable you don't want to do because, you know, because of that, because of that somebody has like, um, because of somebody's nefarious behavior now you have to uh, do something that's not uh, how you like to do your business that's that's tough
1: yeah because it's like you know I it's and it's just super weird to see a release that I've like put so much time and effort have taken off work Hmm. and yeah you know to really like help facilitate being like okay I need to like ship out all these orders like okay I can't like, I need to do it today because I need to do it today because I've just kind of maybe have taken a few, like, extra days or, like, a week, like, longer than, like, expected. And then to see a more established label now, like, making money off that, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. And it it's always, like, qualms that I have within myself that it's just, like, do I have to do this and this because then I'm, like, obviously, like – going backwards in my own personal life and really not you know what I mean right right I don't know it's it's just super weird and uncomfortable and it's like I've talked about it with like a lot of like our artists and being like hey would you feel uncomfortable if we kind of start being like any sort of back catalog stuff that to be reissued we have like you know what I mean have some sort of like get like a 10 percent of it or like whatever and like For the most part, everyone has been very, like, receptive and, like, into it because it's, like, I don't know, this whole thing with Citra City, it's been, like, a for friends, like, you know, by friends. So it's, like, we're all friends, really trying to help each other out.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's, like, 10% is great, but it's, like, at a worst-case scenario, um, or at the very least, it would be nice that, like, in the press release for a band's new record on a major label... It just said, you know, these guys after their debut EP and then in brackets, Citrus City Records, you know, comma 2017. You know what I mean? It's like just like just like reference. It's almost like Yeah. Just reference that it was on this is the label it was on. Because I think for for diehard music fans, I would be really interested in like small labels that that's you know where um where where bigger artists have got their start, and to to go and check out that that farm team and see like what kind of records they're they're developing, knowing that some of these artists might be um on major labels in a couple of years,
1: yeah, and it's like you know you're totally right like i would just I would just honestly be okay with just like a mention, just a yeah. shout out or something, just like just a little like. Not even going in depth, just just like Citrus City Records. It came out this year and that's it. Like, you know, maybe like I hyperlinked her like a band camp. But that's really it's like something that little goes such a long way. Mm. And, you know, it's just, you know, giving giving like credit where it's properly due the majority of time. But then it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just super weird. I, like,
0: <laughs> no, no. It's a, you have a right to to feel that way. I think you know. Taking it a step further, I I would love to see you know Apple Music and Spotify, um, where you know set up almost similar to how Bandcamp is. Where if I go to one of your band's um, profile pages on Spotify, it'll say like in the bottom left corner in a small white font, it'll say like copyright 2018 Citrus City or whatever. Or the band, or whoever the copyright holder is, and it would be nice if that was like a little bit bigger, and it was a button, and they could like fans could click on that and then be taken to like uh, any other release that falls under that label banner. You know what I mean? Just so that labels get a little bit more of a shout out um, on on those bigger platforms, I think could be really cool.
1: No, yeah, that would that would totally be awesome. And I know they're like slowly like. I think that it's like in due time because I know they're like now giving like credit to like producers totally yeah you know and it would just be cool to go even a a more step being like oh like this person played guitar on this track if like you know so and so or like this person like you know but I think it's like in in due time because I know you're Ivan you're not the only person that I've talked to who has mentioned that and Mm. it's just been like Other people that have been like, hey, like I have friends that are like just studio musicians or just like, you know, like touring musicians. And it's just like I think it's just in general the way the music landscape has always been about just focusing on sort of like this is the bigger label putting it out. This is like the major artist. But it's just so many like people and just so many things going in and out of like everything that I just think once everyone is on the full like wavelength where it's just like we need to give credit because it's like the right thing to do i think right. that will like, make things a lot easier and we i
0: and and we have full confidence that major corporations will do the right thing <laughs> 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 yeah i know man i think it's i i, I hope it in due time and I, and i i think it's cool about the credits for the engineers and stuff i was thinking i was listening to this new gia margaret record and i was thinking man, whoever engineered this record, I would love to hear what else, whatever else they've done because they record things in a cool manner. And I think that the platforms need to be cater a little bit more towards super fans and, and people who read the liner notes and people who are obsessed with producers and session drummers and being like, let me hear some other records this session drummers played on.
1: Yeah, that's why I love like, like I feel like a site that a lot of the times gets very overlooked is Disc dogs because I love how it's like true you, you can really sort of go deep in and being like, okay, like who engineered it, who Mm -hmm. like mixed and mastered it. And they have their own little like hyperlink profile of like, you know, this is like, um, so for example, a record we put out by this band called keep from Richmond, they got their stuff, uh, you know, engineered and sort of like recorded by this, uh, someone called Jeff Ziegler who has worked with like a lot of like, you know, sort of like shoe gaze mm. and, uh, sort of like post rock sort of bands. Yeah. And it's just like you, like he is credited on, on it, on Disc dogs, whoever put it up. Um, and you know, he has his sort of uh, his own page of like a lot of things that he's like worked on. So I think like that is like super cool. And then you see, you know, this drummer played on this track this other person played bass on these two songs but then there's like someone else that played bass on this one song so it's just like i don't know i think that's all really cool and i've always been really interested on the and stuff like that as yeah. well yeah me too yeah
0: well listen this has been great to to talk to you and uh it's glad you know i'm glad to hear you've been listening to the podcast as well that's that's kind of cool i appreciate that
1: no yeah i've been plugging it away with anyone that is a. Uh, into like podcasts in general oh thank you (laughs) and into sort of anything where it's just like i think a lot of them that i've been listening to it's just always nice and refreshing hearing like one voices of like my favorite labels or like friends that i've just like like matt i've only talked to matt on like through text and Mm. like email and twitter so to like hear Matt's voice, I was like, "Oh, that's how Matt sounds like." Whoa, <laughs> yeah. like,
0: yeah, I know. This
1: is like what, <laughs> like, I guess Matt's like background and experiences. Like, this is sick.
0: Yeah, no, I I get that too. I, it's it's so cool to to learn so much from these people, and like for me, the biggest thing is to just share in the experiences and the good experiences and the bad experiences, just to be like, okay, there's somebody in virginia there's somebody in texas there's somebody in the uk who is also experiencing um the the letdowns of sending a thousand emails and hearing back from one person
1: (laughs) no totally and it's just like you know i it's all been nice and i think it's really cool to see the new sort of um just so many like-minded people and it's just really um trying to i don't know trying to break this down sort of this uh quote unquote gatekeeping like sort of like elitist sort of like mindset where it's mm. just like why withhold information why withhold like you know what i mean stories or anything it's just like we're all just out here doing the same thing and just like you know i guess if anyone is listening to this episode like a few whenever it comes up it's just hit me up like yeah. i'm always down to chat always down to like sort of help out anyone that have any questions any frustrations or like concerns like i'm just I'm just always down to help, whoever.
0: That's awesome. Thanks so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem, Scott. Much love.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Please check out our sponsor, Work Hard Playlist Hard, by going to ebook.othersongsmusic.com and checking that out and using the coupon code OTHER. You can subscribe to us via our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash songs or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Manny from Citrus City Records. You can check them out at citruscityrecords.bandcamp.com. They're also on Twitter. Um, Manny's a great guy to, uh, to stay in touch with. Thanks for listening.